Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll leave you in the hands of Lawrence Foster. Well, good morning, Tom Christensen. Welcome to uh, Race Industry Week. And uh, we've got a lot to unpack in the, uh, in the next uh, 45 or 50 minutes. So just to set the scene, um, next year is the... Ah, perfect backdrop. Perfect. Next year is the, uh, the 100th anniversary of the, of the first Le Mans. We have the centenary running um and the perfect guy has been chosen i think to be the uh, the grand marshal um just unpacking your stats um there have been 90 24 hours of limon so far tom christensen has won 10 percent of them nine 24 hours of limon so surely there couldn't be a a better person to be the grand marshal tom what what does the the centenary mean to you uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Lawrence. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone from the from the panel today. And uh, I think in generally, um, a centenary is 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 very much incredible milestone from yeah, to me, the world's greatest race, greatest motor race for so many people. Um, of course, the people who attend, the mechanics, the marshals, the engineers, certainly us as drivers, but also the fans from all around the world uh, have followed this race. Um, yeah, as you said, more than 90 times, and it will be 100 years since uh, this crazy idea uh, um, came about in, um, in 1923. So um, the race means, means a lot to me. It means a lot from the past. It means a lot when I was racing. And it also is going to mean a lot in, 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 in future. You actually, in your time, 18 starts at Le Mans, nine wins. That's a, in baseball terms, that's a, a, a 0.5 batting average, which is, um, which is pretty incredible. Um, you were pretty much all business at the time. You know, it, was, it wasn't really sort of like looking at, well, I've won, I'm catching up with Jackie Hicks. I've, I've passed Jackie Hicks. I'm going for the ninth win. It, it was it was all about that next win. Um, how much convincing did you have to take to become the Grand Marshal? Um, they're, they're convincing. I mean, that, that's down to Pierre Fillon. And uh, as you know, unfortunately, he he can't be with us uh, just uh, just today, as 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 as, as certainly planned. Um, I don't know when that came about, but um, uh, a phone call and a tap on the shoulder. And uh, I was obviously uh, straight in on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, I can only speak positive about a race, which obviously at some times uh, uh, scares <laughs> uh, a lot out of me. But at the same time, it uh, it gives me so much in terms of pure joy. joy. And this being a racing driver, it gives you, uh, you so much. Um, you have to put so much on the line. You have to... Yeah, we'll withstand the pressure. You have to deliver. You have to be constant. You have to take chances at times. And um, mm -hmm. all these things uh, during my period, um, it has simply given me a lot uh, and is not necessarily all uh, all good and happy. Um, every lap in traffic, every every discussion you have with the, in the, the team, the engineers, um, everyone has to deliver and, 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 and bring a lot on the table. So um, uh, to be a grand marshal, it makes me uh, obviously uh, pretty happy, but it's also a responsibility. And uh, I look uh, certainly forward uh, for this great edition, but also the future in general about Le Mans. It's very healthy. It looks incredibly healthy. Well, before we start looking forward, I just want to go back a little bit and, and right back to, to your first start. 1997, um, mm -hmm. you were contending in the, in the Formula 3000 Championship. Uh, you'd already won the International Trophy at Silverstone. Um, a, a, a late call-up for, uh, for Yerst. I think David Jones had been injured. Um, they find your number. You basically get to the race, I think, with no testing um have to have to sort of bail out halfway through the week to go to a formula 3000 test in austria and yet basically um speaking to uh to ralph hutner 
he says your quadruple stint in the middle of the night was one of his defining Limon moments. Just take us back to 1997 and, and you know, you beginning to sort of like become embroiled in the legend of Limon. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think you, you you told it all. I, I Oh, sorry. I knew, that, I knew that David Jones had been driving the previous years, but there was, I was sort of told that they were looking for Bern Schneider and Mercedes wouldn't ah. release him. Uh, but uh, and then there was a, a driver with a with a with a budget, an older driver with a budget. Uh, this was sort of the discussion. So so I, I don't know a lot about that except that um, Ralph called me when I was playing tennis, and literally that's uh, that's four days before I I arrived at Le Mans. Goodness. So it was really in the last moment, and my I I just did these seventeen timed laps during the um, the practice and qualifying. Uh, what was gold, not only yours, but certainly Ralf Jutner, but uh, in particular uh, Stefan and, uh, and, and Michele Alboreto, mm -hmm. they, they embraced me. They realized, okay, here is a young, what they said, uh, a Japanese hotshot, Japanese rocket, uh, as I was racing uh, the previous years in Japan. And, and they were really, um, everything I asked for, they told me, but they never... Uh, sort of, they, they just answered my questions. They were never putting me aside and and putting pointing the finger and asking me to do something. So they 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 brought me in really well. And I, particularly uh, Michaela, who I drove with uh, to the hotel. I think it was the Epis Hotel down in the city center, and then back. I drove with him, and um, I asked him if he could take me around the track, which we did on a scooter, and uh, then the seventeen time laps. And foo, there we there we go. Um, into the night, it was true. The, the quadruple stint was really important. And I was told that the same very fast and kind Michele was at the pit wall waiting for the what? car for my third stint. Um, and uh, during that time, he goes to Jutna and said, oh, phew, the condition seems really good now. The condition seems really good on the track. And Jutna goes to him and say, yeah, Michele, especially for our car. So that's kind of a good um, a good memory I, I I have, and I had I got to share with Michaela also after. That's something which um, obviously um, was fascinating, and I did the fourth stint. And after then, I have never I have always been at Le Mans uh, at least the, the seventeen uh, times again as we um, we crawled back to what we had lost and gained on the leaders. And at the end of the day, two hours before the end, uh, I, I got into the lead. Uh, and and let's say for me personally, I won on my debut, but Michaela and Stefan won for the first time. And it was uh, really a great camaraderie and something uh, we, we have together, even though at that time I was a bit, uh, a bit younger than them. Did you understand the significance of, of your achievement at the time? I mean, obviously your, your full focus was on Formula 3000 at that point, um, you know, the, the open wheel uh, career path. Did you understand what you'd accomplished at that point? Yeah, that that's one of the the, the, the big, big trophies, of course. I uh, That was, uh, it just came so fast that you can say, all right, I might have been, uh, let's say my, my, uh, my brand, my, my, my drive, everything was, of course, not ready for it uh, as I was signed so, so late. And in a way of, of all this preparing up to the race, it means that, yeah, if you're racing successfully or at least a full time in something else, you can be ready anytime. It's just um, the competition when you come to Le Mans and at, at those days was the car is very different. It was a right-hand drive, uh, unsynchronized uh, hedge pattern gearbox, uh, no power steering, open car where um, Michaela certainly had, uh, it's always the sort of the largest person who has the best seat Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, we made this small insert into into that seat. So later on, I was happy that I had the <laughs> I had the biggest <laughs> biggest seat later on. So I was sitting <laughs> more comfortable than at my debut. I tell you, it was not uh, my 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 hands looks like I had been a a blind carpenter or something because <laughs> they were um, they were they, they were I used too much energy uh, driving the car. So nine wins. Which one for you is, I mean, I guess it's like picking your favourite child, but which one for you is, is, is your, your standout Le Mans victory? Yeah, now I'm happy to look back and it's, it's a, as a whole, uh, but for sure that without the first one, 
the others would not have put me in a position, which is uh, certainly the key with uh, with good teams, good teammates. Um, I, I can tell you which one is the the most terrible one. That was '99 with BMW. We were leading uh, yes. by, by nearly four laps with uh, Müller and JJ, and um, and we were everyone was there. Uh, it was '99, obviously, with every. Uh, manufacture there, which is likely what we are what we are going to see now in the future too. Uh, so I it it it, it felt hard that um, just after noon on Sunday, with less than uh, four hours, we retired. We were still leaving for seventeen minutes. Yes. Uh, so th- this was incredibly hard. That the um, yeah that some something broke on the suspension under JJ at that time. That that's that that. That's probably also set a mindset of me not necessarily being extremely open and uh, happy, and I will not certainly not take any uh, sort of congratulations even uh, a few minutes before the Le Mans was finished. Actually, the next six years, as you know, I I, I was part partnered with um, with Audi and with Dealer mm-hmm. Pure. We won three on a throat. I was then with a privateer with um, after the Bentley year, Bentley with Guy Smith and Dindo. And then the private teams, which were first in the Japanese team, Team Go, and the the, the champion team, uh, Racing for America. So a lot of different mechanics, teammates, and but poof, we made it work. And uh, I'm incredibly proud of that run when you speak in figures before, because actually after 2005, I had won seven of my nine Le Mans starts, which put it put the stats where I should have stopped at uh, at dot seven 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 seven. But um, I continued. I simply loved the race. The two that stand out for me are 2007 and 2008. I mean, 2007 there were, you know, you you get beaten up in a in a DTM crash. Are you even going to make the race? Yeah. You know, you guys are within three or four hours, I think, of of, of winning the thing. Um, you know, there there is a there is a failure on the car. I think. Um, I think it was a wheel nut came off, was it? Um, Under Dindo, a wheel nut came loose, and you had only um, you had only like less than a kilometer to see it. Actually, it came started to unfold itself, unscrew itself after um, after the Mulsan corner, and it was like four or five laps into his stint. We had seen there was an issue maybe at the pit stop, but then we we followed it, tracked it. Everything looked okay. And then, unfortunately, not uh, before Indianapolis, he was in the wall, uh, Capello. So this was very similar to '99, but mm-hmm. at least I have the experience, and so I could probably being a little bit more helpful with Dindo and uh, and Magnish because that was a sure victory. That was a three laps lead at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So um, that hurt very much, but uh, it was also a testament to that I was back because this was my sort of comeback weekend after my DTM crash, which you rightly put. And then the year after, I, th- I think, was was the real redemption year. The um, the Peugeot was faster, I, I think. Yeah. But but yeah. you guys, um, I mean, basically, I, I think that was the year that uh, you really sort of redefined Le Mans as a, as a 24-hour sprint race. Um, just, just talk about that one. I, I mean, is that, do you think that was the hardest win? In 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 some ways, yes. Uh, certainly, we were not favourites. We were they were uh, Peugeot had uh, thrashed us at, at Sebring, and in uh, and in uh, qualifying, they were three and a half seconds faster per lap. So um, we were in in dry conditions. We were we were losing too much. But in the race with the strategy, I think I believe it was raining sort of quite heavily at times. But at least it came. And went uh, five times uh, over the weekend, which which we knew. So that's a little bit part of the qualifying. So we we ran with more downforce, and we had a little higher ride height, uh, running the car a little softer than normal because it was expected to be raining. But I believe that came a bit more than we even expected. Mm-hmm. So obviously that was good for us. But with Dindo, Alan, um, Howden Haynes, the engineer, and the whole team on the pit wall, and and certainly the crew. Uh, they had worked uh, tirelessly about trying to optimize everything from the pit stop, making sure the engine, right, every, everything was sort of, because it was the third year of the R10 TDI with the 12-cylinder mm-hmm. TDI. So we, we everything was sort of turned 
to maximum and we were still slower but we um, at the end of the day we came on on top and many people everyone sort of say this is the best race watching from outside and many call it the best i mean from your colleagues as well uh, the best 24 hours there, there 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 was when you look you couldn't kind of go go away from the race because there was always something unfolding not only between us at the lead with with um, with the Peugeot leads cars which were changing at times but um, but in, the, in during the whole field and that rain in particular gave us um, a lot of um, a lot of stress a lot of challenges but to come out on top of there I, I i tell you that we are we are very very proud of that so 2008 is is, is certainly up there but talking about 13 my last le mans will the magnesian duval uh, there was a rain local it came quite similar but it was local it never rained on the whole track this creates another drama in terms of strategy and in terms of what tires you on because you are constantly on the wrong tires at quite a big part of the circuit because it covers such a big distance that was mentally probably uh, harder uh, or I can go back in 2001. It's probably not the best, let's say, the best race I would pick, but it's the longest race because there was rain for 19 hours out of 24, and uh, aqua planning was was um, was every lap in the in on on, on the table. So um, mentally, uh, probably 2001 was the toughest, but for sure to come out on top on 2008 and and 13 was. Um, was very fulfilling for the for the entire team and 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 normally these victories and that's what Le Mans is about it's truly about team sport that mm -hmm. is when you come out on top and everyone had contributed everyone is happy these victories we under this camaraderie that that's that that's also why Le Mans is uh, is so special looking at it over 18 years from from 1997 to, to 2014 how did the actual complexion of the race, how, how, how did you have to sort of change your approach to the race in that time? I mean, obviously, you know, by the time um, you decided to, um, to sort of call it a day, we're into the hybrid era. As you say, when you started there, it was, you know, H pattern gearboxes and, and whatever. But, but for you, how, how did the approach have to evolve over 18 years? Yeah, 18 years. It's three uh, three decades. So obviously the car very simple. Uh, it was this uh, combination of a Porsche the TWR um, designed chassis. Um, very good to drive. Um, going into the BMW with a V12 um, natural aspirate, a fantastic sound, just thinking of it. Uh, suddenly we had a sequential gearbox. I was sitting in a BMW. I'm sitting in the right seat with a sequential, sequential gearbox, the gear lever uh, up on the on the monocoque side. So um, a little bit of stress there, but still no power steering. So uh, that car was was a bit of a, a mouthful. Um, the weight distribution not ideal. Uh, too low on. On 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 aero, but but fantastic, easy and drivable uh, engine in that sense. Um, coming to the Audi with the as pedal shift suddenly when we have the power steering. So for the for the driver, quite a lot of uh, even it was for me initially a bit too light and too so the car becomes incredibly pointy. Um, but there you start then, or I started then to go towards left foot braking over these years. Uh, also, when later when I go went into DTM, where I used the left foot braking, uh, and then suddenly the big change came from for 2006 when uh, Audi decided to go with a 12-cylinder TDI engine, mm. uh, which um, which was in, incredibly uh, challenging for us to drive. We had to use a spool, try to get some weight of the back. The weight distribution was way out of the of the window. Uh, so a lot of understeer uh, in the slow corners. So you had sort of to, yeah, to, to break down and have quite a, a slow speed, no momentum at the slow corners, but try really muscle it around and then just just floor it again to, to, to as soon as you could. Uh, and then in direction chains, it was pendulum and, um, and tough, particularly on the bumps in Sebring. 
Um, very, very, very challenging car, but it was a rocket ship, man. I mean, it was really, a, really um, a tough, a tough car. So for us drivers, which was all about getting it in the right direction and getting the the rear wheel down to for some traction. Um, then we go in, obviously, with the R18s. I mean, I, I know that the, the R15 and the R15 Plus uh, is, is similar, uh, but they just got more and more aggressive on the aerodynamic side. They were pitching a lot more, and uh, they were even uh, more uh, nervous on the limit. But the weight distribution, due to the fact that we came down to a, a B10 TDI, um helped on that basis and also in terms of drive shaft uh, the um, gearbox all these things we were we were we were coming down a little bit down in weight but still we only had five speed until we go to the r18 then we had a six cylinder only a single turbo mm. uh, so uh, a bit thinner drive shafts again but then we made a six speed gearbox which uh, helped us in in drivability um it's a closed car closed cockpit car um but with this also the aerodynamic re regulations the cars became incredibly um powerful tool aerodynamically i mean it, these cars which i drove there was the best cars i've driven in terms of um in terms of momentum and speed through the corners um and then with the hybrid which came a few years into that uh initially we had the um, the flywheel hybrid which uh, of course at that time it's it's really a pinpoint in terms of we know what we get, but it was difficult for us to use it to 100% because to, um, to, to, to gain some energy, we had to sacrifice uh, too much uh, too much scrub, too much uh, harvesting, which, which hurt which hurt the lap time. So we were, we were caught there not having it ideal on, 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 the, on the years to follow. So mm -hmm. um, when we came into obviously, Later on, you, you saw all had lithium, and with all with with lithium batteries, uh, the competitive competition were going, and that's where it all headed. And then after my, I retired, as you saw, even Audi, Porsche, Toyota, all were with lithium in 2016. But that's just the year um, after after myself. But with the with the way of as you said, driving. I mean, it was complicated, uh, and it was. Um, in a way, Le Mans had always been this, that sometimes if you know from the engineers that through a stint, for whatever reason, that you might be able to do an extra lap, uh, you will always try to be told as a driver, if you can save a little bit of fuel, just to, as a few points on the track where it's quite easy, just to lift off a little bit and then break later. And when you start to do it often, you actually don't lose any time. Mm -hmm. you, you can start to get into good rhythm about that. And that's what it was all about when you got into the, the hybrid cars as well, because you were only allowed a certain amount of energy per lap. And at the same time, you would also like to, um, to, to sort of save and harvest at the right part of the tracks and at uh, the circuit. And in the beginning, we were doing that by... Um, uh, manually uh, because it, it 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 became more efficient for us as drivers as you could read the traffic mm -hmm. uh, in real time uh, whereas um, uh, with this data uh, then the year after certainly or that at least two years after it was all uh, full automatically but um, but these were very interesting years and I have to say very different so over these three decades uh, sorry to mention all the cars but that's where my that's what I I would say is the um, it's a logic for me and take it chronologically and certainly uh, development over these years has been amazing and then now again we have the rear uh, rear view mirrors uh, you know we have this in yes. uh, now they're talking about that in formula 1 but we had that 10 years ago at le mans and obviously and i think uh, even corvette uh, had it um, previously a little bit earlier than us and that helps you very much in infight you have somebody breathing down your neck it's pretty irritating. You want to know where he is, and uh, and to see this on um, on um, on a little screen, uh, very well put. We just put it uh, so if you see the R18 from the front, so the, it's just on top of the windscreen. So you just feel it. You don't. You are obviously looking out for for looking at the apex, but you've just had that display on top of you, pointing directly rearwards to to your enemy. <laughs> 
Well, Tom, the fact that you can talk about, you know, diesels and hybrids and, and you know, mirrors that um, I think really points to the fact that Le Mans is a race that does um, genuinely embrace relevancy and genuinely embraces, you know, accelerating new technology. Um, where do you see it at the moment in terms of the fact, um, you know, Limon is obviously, you know, looking at sustainability, trying to trying to accelerate that. I mean, that must sit well with you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly. I mean, Limon is where you can demonstrate. You demonstrate your your not only your performance, but also where you where you go about and and look how many boardrooms have been uh, who have considered and who have applauded and are coming uh, coming to Limon. The centenary, as you mentioned early. That is a key point for for motivating. Everyone wants to win that, and if they can't win that, yeah, the race will be there in future too. And there's great competition. They're coming from all the manufacturers. I can't even mention them all now. Um, and 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 this is simply fantastic. Obviously, the cooperation with the with the IMSA, with the with the with the, with the Daytona uh, 24, and um, and Le Mans 24, and the WEC. It, it, it's really healthy and uh, yeah I wish I was uh, I was younger and I would have definitely uh, been up for it so I envy uh, also the driver market the drivers who can now look ahead to have a, a competitive uh, uh, drive not only at Le Mans but also the two championships and the mm -hmm. and the Rolex 24 which is pretty soon already it is pretty soon yeah I mean it is amazing when you see that for instance you know, after 50 years, Ferrari is is bringing out a, you know, a factory prototype team again. Um, the fact that we do have Peugeot back, you know, we Toyota, who have been a, you know, a, a great supporter almost in the way that Audi was in in the uh, in the in the previous decade. Um, Cadillac, Porsche, LMDH. I mean, yeah. this is this is another golden era, I think, Tom. Is it? No, oh, it is. I mean, uh, Alpine, uh, Glickenhaus is there. You'll yeah. see BMW coming as well. You'll see Lamborghini coming as well. All this is a little bit longer down the road, as some of our, I mentioned, but there's even more. Van Wall, I hear. And there's also, there's all a lot of interest and uh, hope going towards Le Mans. And it is absolutely, it is absolutely a golden era. But of course, you can also say after a centenary, <laughs> People are ready to go, and 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 it simply looks um, it looks fantastic. Tom, for you, um, obviously, as, as well as the one side, um, you know, a a huge record in in the US as well. The um, record number of wins at Sebring. Um, you know, you you won Petit Le Mans. Um, was a mainstay of the the ALMS for for many years. Um, how do you see this? Um, sort of growing partnership with uh, between IMSA and, and the ACO and, and the FIA growing. I mean, do you think we should have possibly the, the, the Rolex 24 in, in, the, in the, the World Championship, Petit Le Monde? Do you, do you think there is a, a, a time in the future where maybe those big American Enduros sort of become part of the, uh, the calendar as well? Yeah, but... but uh... On this one, you put me on the spot because why not? Now I know. I know. I know. Certainly, in terms of of the prototypes, yes, you can. But you have you you have the, to have the whole whole field, obviously, in um, uh, mastered out. Not only the the, the outright victory, uh, but but it, it it can be it can certainly happen. I think the the yeah the boardrooms on both uh, ACO and IMSA, and uh, and with the with the F FIA involved. I think all this in total can go forward. Uh, you can say over the time, they, they, they have just mat, mat, matured together. And what is very important, and the key word is in modern racing, is of course this BOP. Mm -hmm. And so it, it simply has to be that the sensible people from all sides of the political, uh, the political um, um, sort of fractions, in um, uh, has to be involved and they all have to look eye to eye and they have to agree with a hand in the middle of the table that we do this because we do the sporting issue. We do it in the respect of what a great um, chance we have to go forward. 
So um, it's down to personal relations. It's down to people to, to be open and respectful about the different uh, from the yeah from all continents in that sense. Uh, then it's possible, and uh, it has never looked better than it is now. So I mm -hmm. simply hope that they get this right in terms of particularly with the uh, the hypercars and the LMDH, which at the moment it's sort of more or less 50-50 in terms of the manufacturers, uh, which route they have, um, uh, they have chosen. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to be the guys who are actually doing the balance in between LMDH and, and, uh, and, and the hypercars. But, but obviously, um, US fans get the first chance to see them racing together. The, the, the first round of the WC, again, is a double header with, with, the, with the 12 hours of Sebring. Um, so... That'll be the first time we actually see Peugeot, Ferrari, um, Toyota, Glickenhaus racing with, with Cadillac and Porsche. Um, you, in, in terms of um, Sebring and, and your, your kind of love-hate relationship almost with it as, as a successful event, but one that was, you know, such a, such a car killer. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a heck of a venue to actually... Um, you know, start this new era of LMDH versus uh, uh, hypercar. Yeah, it is. No, I, 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 I love Sebring. It, uh, I, I love the, the that all. I mean, versatility is a great word. We talked about that before, Lawrence. I'm sure, but in generally, uh, a, a circuit like Sebring, I mean, there's nowhere like it. So you want to have this difference in in, in circuit difference and challenges, and um, and 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 particularly the who is sort of the most I would say nervous going into Sebring. That's probably more the designers about uh, you know suspension, about mm -hmm. all these things, which is certainly being tested uh, at, the, at 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 Sebring. Uh, the layout is, is is fantastic. The different types of grip of day and uh, and rubber putting down. It's it's a great challenge, and it's um it's good to have uh, the championship, uh, both the the IMSA but also the the WEC having uh, different racetracks uh, because it. It, it, normally you can say you can say you'll you'll be good off if you can win Sebring. That's a gel with the team, with the teammates and everything. But the setup is nowhere like it, like you are going to race at Le Mans, for example, because the circuits are so different. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I love it. Uh, it's, it is kind of, it used to be the first race for us was the 12 hours of Sebring, but now involved with the Rolex 24 that you can bring the same chassis, the same car, which you have done for a few years. Uh, that's simply good. That's simply good that the big races, you can be able to go there and to win. That's what I said again. I envy the uh, some of the drivers who can do that that today, which I unfortunately couldn't do that uh, back then. But my best season in racing, uh, my surprise, you, that's actually 2002 when winning the, the LMS in, in, and, and racing full-time in in America with Dindo Capello, that was uh, it was really really um, a great, and I was still at that time I would say rather young, and that was really a, a great uh, a great time for us, and love to go around um, many of these very challenging uh, challenging circuit, and then in the middle of it in June we all headed to Le Mans in uh, in June and um, and to come away there successfully, even though it was raining 19 hours out of 24, it was tough. You mentioned Dindo there, and obviously you've said about how in endurance racing, you know, it is so much about um, teammates, about the crew, about the engineers, about it being a just a huge team effort. Um, looking back at some of those key teammates for you, I mean, guys like Frank Beeler, guys like Dindo, Emanuele Piro, um, Alan McNish, uh, the, the, the list goes on. Um, 16, what, I have. <laughs> what basically is the chemistry that makes, you know, one of those formidable lineups that can basically keep on delivering, you know, the results? You, you try always try to, you, you need to mature a deep, respectful relationship. But in a way, you are competitors because every time the car go fast and, and you're not, you're under pressure. So you have always to maintain that in terms of, making the car faster, um, uh, let's say, uh, it, it sounds strange, easier to drive, but you have to, 
you have to get this going along. So a lot of respect and responsibility and, um, and always try to help uh, the guy under pressure if it's not me. And, and, and that's, that, that's, that's really important. Uh, you are pushed from all directions uh, as, a, as a Le Mans uh, teammates. And when you have that, when you, when you feel you, you support it, you take responsibility and, and you deliver and you go faster. And I've had 16 teammates and uh, mm. the one you mentioned were, were certainly all great. I have a, a good relationship with all of them. Of course, sometimes it was not easy. Sometimes we had some issues we were not, uh, let's say, agreeing on. Other times it was just it was just rolling. Um, so it 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 is very it's very demanding, and it's a very very key point for for me to have a successful Le Mans team over twenty four hours. Anything which is not put on the table is going to crack uh, during a race. And I've seen many times when I look back, I say, "Ooh." He went off there, but he was under pressure. He didn't have a run in practice. He was slow in practice. Now he's trying to impress. Mm. He was unlucky there. You know, you start to think that that some of this should not have happened uh, uh, when, when, when you look at it. So teammates, the camaraderie, respectful. Of course, sometimes you see eye to eye, you have discussions, but don't, don't leave a discussions by um, by hitting the table or throwing your helmet always leave the discussions by having some kind of agreement. And to be honest, I mean, one of the, I would say, I don't know if it's secrets, uh, but uh, certainly with Dindu, Alan and myself, we always went back and forward to the hotel in the same car. So we had there to sort of to let something out or to put something on the table. And I think that was really good. I mean, okay, there was one time we couldn't go back because some of our teammates, they took the four wheels off our car and put it on <laughs> and put it on the stick up right after the qualifying at Le Mans. So um apart from that, apart from that day. Looking at looking at the uh sorry, I'm just thinking about wheelless uh, yeah, wheelless rental cars. Yeah. Looking at the, the the current crop of 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 guys who are really um you know delivering in, uh, in in prototypes now um we've got um the likes of sebastian Buemi, um mike conway um you know some some of the talents who who toyota has basically um not only nurtured but but are stuck with i mean i guess that's a big part of endurance racing as well actually having you know the confidence from your team to actually stay with you you know you are a long-term project as a driver how how important is it to have the full support of the team that's very important for us at audi with dr ulrich um he always um he always supported all drivers equally and he always made us feel that we were we were wanted and and believe it or not drivers like that feeling and to be able to to give the, the feedback to the engineers and mechanics, where sometimes there was probably harder discussions with them than with um, than with Dr. Ulrich. And seeing and watching, let's say, Toyota going forward, and uh, as I, I I believe that they, they they continue exactly with the same driver lineup going mm -hmm. forward into the centenary. Uh, this this reminds me about let's say what we what we did at Audi as well. And of course, we have competed a lot with them. Um, with um uh, with, with with Toyota over the years as well, but this makes that everyone joining and and the and 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 the teams there obviously with Peugeot, they 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 really have to step up the game to make sure that they can overcome uh, that 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 strong uh, team spirit and 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 performance that Toyota has. But it's great they are there. I mean, it would have been a catastrophe that all these teams coming, yeah. and some of the successful teams are. Are leaving so um hats off to toyota and um uh, definitely i know the motivation with most of these teams coming in uh, the ambition is to um, is to overcome it is to uh, beat it they have been watching the hypercar with toyota over these years and now peugeot coming in and being competitive but obviously they haven't yet uh, won but what they want to win that's in June next year. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I'm sure that Jackie X at some point thought that um, six Limon wins was the limit. Um, obviously, um, you know, not only 
did, did you re-establish the market, but you, you know, pushed it out by three more wins. Given, given the level of competition now, I mean, do you think it is possible for somebody to, to maybe match your mark or, or exceed it, or, or is it just so competitive now that it won't happen? <laughs> I, I'm sure records are always there to be broken, and there's a, uh, I can mention a few who are already uh, on 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 the way. I mean, uh, obviously still competing. You mentioned them. I mean, there was a Boemi, Conway. There's a Lotterer coming back with Porsche, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a few others. When they come on a road, this can very very easily happen. But the thing is, with the when you start to think about your personal numbers, I can only say then they're gonna fail. And uh, they certainly have shown that they have the, the speed capability and also their, their inner hunger uh, to have success with, with teams. So um, these are, are certainly favorites at the moment, but I'm also, or I also see a lot of other younger talent coming up. Uh, the LMP2 category has been incredibly uh, intense to watch over the years. And there you see uh, quite a lot of pe people and drivers uh, who have, who have matured probably under a little bit less pressure than being in a, in a works team going for the outright victory. But I see a lot of potential from uh, from some of these racers in in this category, and that's something which which I am looking forward to to watch. So actually, I will follow with Eurosport. So uh, I will be um, I will be uh, well involved, uh, but from the other side of the of the microphone. Tom, since actually hanging up the helmet, which obviously you haven't hung up the helmet, anybody anybody seen you racing at the Goodwood Revival would realise that um, that is still Tom Christensen out there. But, um, you know, in, in terms of um, roles you've taken on with the FIA, in terms of just being, you know, an, an advocate for sustainability and, and racing being relevant and making sure that it's relevant, where do you see um, Le Mans going in the future in terms of, you know, some of the technologies it may champion and, and, and what it can do to really push the sustainability angle? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hydrogen is certainly a, a, a theme which, um, which ACO is, is, is pushing. And it's, it's, it's under, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, it's under competition. Uh, the best engineers are... They unfolded the different technologies. Hybrid uh, cars is obviously due to the, the length of the race. It is 24 hour at the highest uh, efficient and, and, and uh, in terms of speed and endurance. So in that sense, hybrid is still, but what will be hybrid? Will it be a hydrogen hybrid? Will it be electric hybrid? Will it be uh, biofuel, which is also developing mm -hmm. uh, very fast and, 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 and from different countries, different directions? Uh, it's even speeded up, not only by the brilliant engineers, but kind of the brilliant engineers are speeded, uh, speeded up or being uh, passionate, pushed, uh, even due to the war at the moment. Energy is, um, is very much a theme around the world, where yes. you get your energy from. And, uh, and the best engineers we have seen are attracted to racing because they want to have passion at the daily job. And passion and uh, sustainability it's all being pushed into racing because there you 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 want to work where you where you get get something back where you have some consequences from your good work and in 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 in, in and in there racing will 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 never die uh, so in that sense we are in we're in good hands going forward what else is uh it, i mean obviously you're a guy who is always doing a, a thousand things um you know that that motivation those those energy levels remain as as high as possible what what else is on tom christensen's radar at the moment very much my children <laughs> at the moment uh, the, the the last one just left home so oh, uh, we have three we have three children but that is there on the radar actually uh, at, at in in these weeks you uh, where you uh, we are we are looking into now, but apart from that, uh, when I look or my diary, also going forward, everything is involved in some ways in racing. Mm -hmm. If it's television with Formula One or Le Mans, um, if it's I mean, the, the, it's all a, 
evolving around uh, racing. Of course, for the World Motorsports Council with, with the FIA, um, every day evolves around it. But I'm also happy that I have time to, to use and spend a little bit more uh, time uh, on the kids, which unfortunately are not home anymore. But um, but in that sense, it's um, it has been a nice, let's say, journey uh, so far. And it's a privilege, of course, still to be involved, still to be invited here with yeah with Pierre Fillon and with you to uh, to speak about the great race and um, and certainly some uh, some of the the diary is put towards the centenary with uh, with Le Mans next year and uh, I look forward to take the role as uh, as the old ambassador. Bigger picture as well, um, Denmark always seems to be one of those countries that has really sort of you know punched up of its weight in terms of putting out um, racing talent, you know, a bit, a bit like Finland and, and, and rallying. Um, do you follow, I mean, there's guys over here, for instance, Christian Lungard in, uh, in the IndyCar series, the fact that, um, you know, Kevin Magnussen, you know, is, is, is really sort of um, showing the, uh, the harsh to best life in, in, uh, in Formula One. Um, I mean, do, do, you, do you follow the up-and-comers from, uh, from Denmark? Yes, I, I follow uh, motorsport. It's, it's part, definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, Kevin is doing great with Haas. I mean, uh, Christian has uh, is doing great with uh, Rahal Letterman and uh, and going forward in in the IndyCar. I mean, but there's a lot of drivers. Uh, there's a lot of drivers now. We have we will have with um, I don't know if it's all official yet, but we will have a, a guy with Ferrari. We will have a guy with Peugeot. Uh, we, we will have a guy with, with 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 sort of all the the best team going forward. We have Marco Sorensen winning with Aston Martin. We have mm -hmm. uh, the Nicky team earlier, and uh, they are still there. There's a lot of young talent um, coming up underneath that. We have uh, Besti in Formula Two. So we it is true that uh, it's great to to have that from Denmark. The, the only thing which is a kind of a disaster was we lost in football at the World Cup to Australia yesterday. I wasn't I wasn't going to mention that. So, yeah, <laughs> so that, you, that, you've now so got to switch your allegiance to England, and have, Tom. And I've got so many messages from many messages from the few Australians I know, and one of them is Mark Webber, and um, uh, it, it hurts already a lot. And knowing that he is not a good football player, it hurts even more. <laughs> well, they, they've got to meet Argentina next, so everything is relative. So. <laughs> Yeah, but they lost to Saudi Arabia, didn't they? Yeah. So at the moment, I don't know. The world is uh, is changed. It's a pity because because I, I uh, this is a tangent, but hey, you you've mentioned football now, Tom. But you know, I really wanted this to be the the, the redemption World Cup for Christian Eriksen. You know, that that guy is a modern miracle. Yeah, I mean, um, good that he's playing well for for Man United. And uh, whoever follows Man United, it's fantastic. Uh, I would say uh, we had such a good team. We had such a good, good couple of years. And and even of course, with a dramatic setback from from Christian Eriksen's minutes, um, the mental state of the team was was amazing. And they qualified so easily to the World Championship. They had it there. Every player was there. But I saw three games of I couldn't recognize the team at all. Of course, this is our problem, and that's really much. Uh, a, yeah, it's just incredibly, incredibly strange. Strange, and I feel very sad about the the, the good people um, on 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 the team. Obviously, I think that's an example here of of how Tom Christensen, race car driver, is is more than a race car driver. The fact that we have finished a discussion on the twenty four hours of Le Mans with a with a, a critique on Denmark's disappointing World Cup form. <laughs> and not not mentioning that we beat France every year, every time this year, except in the World Cup. But um, when it counts, it matters, and when it matters, you got to deliver. So yeah, we uh, we have to go back, go back in the our Viking castles to uh, to train, and then hopefully uh, hopefully Denmark can be part of a, a World Cup in in four years time. Hey, well, Tom, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I'm, I'm told that 6.50 was the end of our slot, but um, that's a lot of ground covered, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of races revisited. Obviously, you know, your enthusiasm for, for Limon and, um, you know, the, the future of the race um, is, 
is is incredible basically i mean they, they've they've got a great ambassador um i guess you've got to now practice your uh, your flag waving skills to be uh, to be the best grand marshal possible and and knowing tom christensen it will be sort of uh, rehearsed in advance <laughs> i look forward so do we all but um there's races leading up to the centenary and uh, and everyone is preparing at this in in these minutes but um june 2023 is going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. I think we are now awaiting the return of our... Here, here we go. Yes, we, we... Tom, that was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, uh, for finding the time. Uh, absolutely. And uh, thank, we'll thank... see you again extremely soon. Well, thank, thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Tom. What a great honor to have you on. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. To start, Click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.